Hello, hello, and welcome to the Dear Nikki podcast. Happy 2024. I am so happy to be back, be here, hanging out, talking to you all again, answering your questions. It makes me happy. I hope everybody had a great holiday. I know it feels so weird to talk about the holidays still. We're in the middle of January, (laughs) but I'm holding on to that for as long as I possibly can. But I hope that you had a wonderful time off. If you took some time off, I hope it was relaxing, recharging, motivational, inspirational, all the Asianals. But we're back and I can't believe it. I can't believe it went by so quickly. I had quite a long holiday actually. It was it was really busy. But it just it honestly it just flew by. It was gone. It was there and then it was gone. <laughs> I didn't manage to do half as much as I planned on. Didn't I didn't get to watch all of the movies that I wanted to watch too. I'm a big movie watcher when I'm trying to relax. But I did watch some and that's what matters most. I got I got love actually in there, right? <laughs> And that's that's apparently the one to the one to watch. So, anyways, it was it was a nice holiday, and I am excited to get back into everything. Twenty twenty four, yeah, it's going to be fun. I think. I hope. I have some cool plans coming up for my business and some different ways to support you outside of my one-on-one mentorship, which I have currently some spots open for. So if that's something you're interested in, please check the link that I have put in this podcast episode because my mentorship is a six-month intensive program where I literally am like in your back pocket (laughs) for everything and anything that you could possibly need. And I am super excited to support some more researchers in kind of – I always say up-leveling your career, which I know isn't the most clear call to action. It's like the thing that everybody always says though. It's like, I just – I up-leveled my career with you or I want to get to the next level of my career. But really it's about building your confidence and getting you to feel good about what you're doing, the type of research you're doing, how you're making decisions, how you're handling difficult choices, how you're maybe handling difficult stakeholders, all of the stuff. So if that's something you're interested in, I have two more spots available. So please check out the link and apply if if that sounds like something that you want to do. And really, I am in your back pocket. I'm just – I am ready for anything that you have and we would get through it together. But anyways, the entire point of this podcast is to answer your questions. So that is what we are here to do today and I am pumped for this question. It was a tough one. I had to, to really think about this question. So I'm like, think about how I wanted to answer it. So the question here is, Dear Nikki, could you please share a bit about your experience on how to best leverage Jira as a user researcher? How can you best use Jira to improve collaboration with the product team, increase visibility of user research, and ensure that user research results are implemented in the best way possible? I am thinking about tips on how to create Jira tickets and connect them with other tickets, how to make use of user stories, acceptance criteria, or other useful tools. For some background information, I work as an embedded researcher for several product teams, so I'm not a fixed part of just one team, which makes it a little bit more difficult to leverage Jira. I'm looking forward to your suggestions. So, (laughs) Jira. I don't know about you, but Jira has been quite a headache for me in the past. However, what I will say to this person who 
wrote in, congratulations to you on lowering the barrier to entry for research and using tools and leveraging tools that your team is already using. That is one of my biggest pieces of advice. I know that there are so many user research tools out there. And to be fair, some of them can connect with these other tools that our teams are using. But one of the downfalls that I see often comes from us choosing tools that are separate from what our teams are already in. So this is a bit tangential, but something that I really learned in my business, so my user research membership and my group programs, I have a private community for them, right? And it's called Heartbeat. It's not Slack. It's not Facebook. It's not Discord. It's not any of the tools that other people might utilize for different communities. So what I realized is by putting my community in this different and new tool, I had to force people (laughs) in the best way possible to create habits. And that's the same kind of thing that can happen when you choose a tool that your team is not actively using. So what you will have to do is if you choose a different tool, you will have to help them create the habit. And, And that can oftentimes be extremely difficult, right? So When they aren't used to checking a certain tool for research, whether that's a repository or anything else, they might not use it, right? So the fact that you're already trying to use and leverage Jira, which is something that your teams are in, is really, really awesome. So huge kudos to that. And I do recommend doing that as much as you possibly can. Of course, some tools just aren't made to have user research in them, like some tools that teams are using, it just doesn't make any sense, right? I once used Salesforce for research, which was really, really tough. And it took a lot of time for me to understand how to do that properly. So sometimes it just isn't worth the effort. But with Jira, we absolutely can utilize and leverage Jira in terms of user research. So what I recommend doing, there are kind of like three main ways that you can think about user research tasks and where they should be, right? So common questions that you might get is what is user research working on? You know, I don't I don't know what's next. I don't know where the insights are. I don't know, you know what the action items are from user research, you know, all of these different kinds of questions that that might come up if you are in a separate system, right? Or if you don't currently track your user research um, across different functions. So the first one is to keep user research in a separate system. So let's say that everybody is in engineering and product is using Jira and you're using, you know, Asana or, well, Trello is, I think, technically part of Atlassian now, but you're using a completely separate system. Right. So, you know, they're using Jira, you're using something else. That is one option. The problem with that is you get tend to get these questions of what is user research working on? What what are they doing? How is it syncing up to what we're doing? Where are the insights? Where are the action steps? Right. So it's very hard to see, you know, any dependencies. So what is going on with user research? What's getting scoped? What's getting planned? What's in progress? It's very difficult for people to be transparent and understand what's happening, right? And this is one of the easier options despite all those cons of 
people not understanding things because you're creating your own process, probably in a tool that feels more natural for you. But the drawbacks, for me at least, when I've tried to put user research in a completely separate tool, the drawbacks have outweighed the pros of the convenience for me, right? So what I ended up having is people questioning what was happening and then I was super out of sync of what was happening with the rest of the team and how my research was impacting or how it was layering on top of that other work. So for example, right, if you think about engineering eventually creating and deploying something, my research didn't show up in that system. So we didn't understand the different dependencies and the different things that had to happen before engineering got a design to implement and deploy. Right. So there was a lot of confusion on how user research impacted the rest of the product team and how it impacted the product development phase. So I don't recommend that in in terms of comp- uh, keeping your work completely separate. Now, there's also tracking user research in Jira. I'm just going to use Jira as the example as a different and separate tickets. So if you're not familiar with Jira, there is it's a ticket-based system. So you create work through tickets. And within that ticket, there's all the work and all the dependencies that have to be done to get that work done, right? So one thing that you can do is if you look at the general product development phase of discovering something, iterating on something, evaluating something, and then it, it comes, it gets deployed and it's out, right? Shipped. So what happens here is you have separation between almost like engineering and product and the UX work, right? So these are completely separate tickets, right? Which at least you're in the same system, but user research is a completely separate ticket, right? So it's not necessarily tied in with another ticket that is relevant to that project, right? And what I don't like about this, what I do like is that you're in the same system, right? And your user research work is getting assigned to a project, hopefully, right? So you can tie back the work that you're doing to particular projects, right? However, they're not all in one the same, right? You're almost, you're in the project, but you're almost not in the project at the same time. So imagine that we are working on, let's say, uh, updating a checkout funnel, right? So we have this problem that we identified where the checkout funnel is not doing very well and, you know, we want to make changes to that. So a UX ticket, a separate user research ticket would be on this project, we're going to do some usability tests, right? And then a separate ticket might be, okay, now we're going to redesign it. And then a separate ticket would be, okay, now we're going to do another usability test to make sure that everything's okay. Okay. And then there it's going to get shipped. And then a separate ticket is we're going to follow up and continue to measure the metrics that we were measuring before and compare them to the previous metrics. So is our conversion rate doing better, essentially, now that we've made these changes? So this is better again because we're in the we're in the same system which is a yay but what happens here is research isn't shippable <laughs> right i mean like it kind of is in a way but it's not shippable in the same way that engineering 
work is shippable. And so what happens here is first off, the board gets really cluttered, tends to get really cluttered with all of the tickets that you have. And then as well, user research isn't in necessarily in the same flow with engineering or design, right? So it can get very, very cluttered. And then again, we're still like breaking up the process. Like in an ideal world, the product development process isn't stuttered, right? It isn't, okay, we do this and then this and then you know, we go over here to this and then this is a separate task and this is separate and this is separate. You know, ideally your product development process is fluid, right? It, it's all one project and a lot of people working on their specific part of the project, right? So it's not several different tickets that are happening at once for this project. It's one ticket, one project, and everybody is a certain dependency, Right? So what can happen when you have separate tickets is you can fall out of, you know, the the flow, right? So somebody could get ahead of you because they're they they aren't aware of dependencies, right? Or something gets left behind or as well, you know, nothing's really shipped because again, research is not shippable. I guess it's 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 done in a way, but is it really done because we have to go back and evaluate it, right? So it's for me, I don't like having like separate tickets for just user research tasks, right? Because I feel like it gets very cluttered and very confusing to keep track of what's happening and what's related to what project and what everybody needs to know before we move on to the next stage, right? So what I like is the last option where user research is attached to as you had talked about, a user story, right? And it is part of an, a greater engineering topic, right? And so what this looks like now is instead of your board looking at something like, okay, this is what's up next, this is what's in progress, this is what's shipped, which tends to be a more engineering-focused board, you can have a, the larger product development process in your board. So that would look like things like, okay, what's in the backlog? What are topics in the backlog? Okay, what is that more, you know, generative-based or discovery-based research? Okay, cool. And then what is that more, you know, iterative, evaluative-based research? Okay, then what's up next? Then what's in progress? Then what has shifted? And then how are we maintaining and measuring what we've looked at, right? So now our product development process is so much bigger because we've gone from just having things like up next, in progress, shipped to something more like, okay, what's in the backlog? What's in discovery or generative research? What's in evaluation? What, what, what's, what's coming up, right, in that? What is in progress? What's been shipped? And how are we maintaining and measuring that experience so that we can make sure that we were successful in it, right? So design and research become a part of the engineering, okay? So it's – and what's great about this is UX is involved from the start, right? User research is involved from the start. You can clearly see dependencies, right, within within each ticket, right? So like if you know that there's a backlog issue coming up and user research should be involved in it, 
engineering, everybody can see that there is a dependency that, hey, this topic, so let's go back to an example here and let's say we're e-commerce and we were looking at the checkout funnel before, right? And we did we did that. Cool. But let's go to a bigger topic and let's say that we're in travel and we're looking at holiday package deals just as a more generative topic. So before we dive into putting that up next or in progress, we need to do the research for it. So if that is a ticket, right? If we're going to if that is a topic in our backlog and that becomes a ticket, then within that, right? We put the user research that needs to be done so that whenever anybody goes in there, we can see, okay, user research is a dependency here, right? Before we rush to like placing this in progress and creating some sort of idea, we need to do the generative or discovery-based research first, right? So that means that we are part of the process from the get-go, right? And that we could say the same about evaluative research too. So let's say in the backlog, uh, what came up is we are we were doing some some research and what came up was we are seeing problems in our filtering, right? So our filtering at our side, our sidebar filtering is crap, right? So that goes in the backlog, okay? And that came from a study. And that is more of an evaluative-based kind of problem, okay? So before that goes into up next or in progress, we have to do evaluative research to better understand. Like we've just heard this a few times. It's not like we have any concrete data on it, but we wanted to explore further. So we need to do some evaluative research on this before it goes into an up next or in progress status. So again, everybody can see, hey, in this backlog, we need to fix these filters. But one of the dependencies before that is we need to do, you know, some usability tests to understand where people are getting tripped up, you know, or we need to do a heuristic evaluation to understand where people are having problems and where we can clearly see the violations that are happening within our filters, right? And then once we understand that, can go off to and and we get that information and we can make the, those iterations it goes off to design and then it gets shipped right then it's worked on in dev and it gets shipped and then we can monitor it right and that's why it's really important to even continue user research into the into the ticket when it comes to monitoring and measuring right what what is happening because we want to see okay these filters what they did is they clearly messed up our our click-through rate or there was a huge abandonment rate or people clicked it and then they bounced, right? So we want to be able to say, okay, as researchers, we want to be able to measure that at the end and see if we made any any difference. So as you can see here, like research then becomes so much more part of the entire product development process from that backlog stage to the generative research, to the evaluative research, to the in-progress, to the shift, to the, to the uh, monitoring, maintaining, and measuring what's coming out of that, right? So instead of and and this also what this also does is it ensures that you're more in sync with the product development process, like with engineering, with design, right? Because from the get-go, we're in there as a dependency, right? So we are not we are not saying, oh, wait, you know, I see that this is very common. I see that you want to change the filters and it's in the up next column. Wait a second. <laughs> and then uh, that that can happen very often when you're in separate systems. Like you look at somebody's like backlog and you're like, oh, okay, why is this up next? And there hasn't been any research done. Okay, cool. And then 
another thing that can happen if you're in the same system but using separate tickets is you're like, "Uh uh-oh, this isn't up next. Okay, let me make a separate ticket where we're doing an evaluative study and then somebody doesn't see that separate ticket, right? And then it's like, okay, let's move this into in progress. And then it's like, oh, wait, we haven't done the research yet. Oh, we didn't sync up on the timing exactly right, right? So that's why I very much think that it would be ideal if you can to have user research work attached to the the general tickets, the more engineering-based tickets, okay? So something that this will probably require is, you know, there are going to be multiple people assigned to this ticket, right? So it's not just going to be the engineers. It's going to be, you know, the fact that the research design, everybody's attached to this ticket, right? And there will be subtasks within the tickets. There will be dependencies within the tickets. But what is great about this is everything is in that particular task and ticket, right? You're you're no longer signing people out. You're no longer staggering and breaking things up, right? So that is something that I I think is the most ideal way to use Jira is to be able to put in what you're doing and the dependencies that you have within a given ticket that your team is already working on. And so what I would really, really make sure that you do is sit down. My first, so that's my, that's my general advice on, you know, how to think about JIRA and research. And ideally, you're able to go with that third option of embedding research into those tickets, right? Because it's everywhere. There's dependencies. It's clear with timing what you need. You know, it's not cluttered. You are a part of the team. Even if you're part of several teams, you are part of the team. You are part of the project and your work needs to go in there, right? And so the next that I really recommend doing is sitting down with your team because every team does this differently, right? I can't, I I don't know exactly how your team sets up JIRA, okay? But what I would say is sit down with your team, okay? Sit down with your team and say, okay, how are we using JIRA right now? You know, like what are we, what are we doing? What is what does the board look like? Is is it just like up next in progress shift? If so, how do we expand this slightly so that user research can be a part of it? Right. Sit down with your team and say, I want to become a part of these tickets and tasks, right? And I want user research to be a part of them because I want everybody to know what research is doing, why they're doing it you know, uh, what the timing is, what the dependencies are from from the side of user research so that when people go in, not only is it clean and clear, but we all know what research has to be done before anything else happens. And then what you can also do is you can see things because you're all in the same system that are coming up or that are in the backlog. And you can say, hey, you know, I noticed this was in the backlog. We need to attach some research to this, right? Whether it's generative, evaluative, whatever it is. Okay. So, that's what I would recommend doing is sit down with your team and say, okay, how is this currently organized and how can we input research into this? And so something that you can do is you can you do need to likely create some sort of taxonomy, right, which is going to help you with tagging what kind of research is done. And this needs to be agreed on by everybody, not just one team, but all of your teams, right? So it's something like, you know, a creating a taxonomy that's clear about the methodology, for instance. So one-on-one interviews, usability studies, survey, right? So you need to be able to make it very clear, you know, what it is that you're doing 
in terms of methodology, right? And then something that you can also do is if problems come up, you can make a clear distinction about what type of problem they are. So is this a heuristic evaluation or heuristic violation, right? Is there a, a, a bug that you found? Is there a usability issue that you found? Is there a, an insight that you found? And you can break insights down even more into things like pain points, needs, and goals, right? What, what by, by building that kind of taxonomy, what you're doing is you're making it very clear like what's happening. So what is the methodology that you're doing? And then you're making it very clear what's come up, right? Are there usability issues? Are there bugs? Are there big insights that we need to break down into a need, into a pain point? And for each of those, you know, when it comes to the bug, the issue, the violation, or the, the insight, you can also say, okay, this is the severity and the frequency that came up during this particular particular study. So let's say that we that we looked into those filters and let's say that our filters were sliders, right? And they had way too broad, very, very confused using different for people to understand how to use, right? So we could call that something like a usability issue because people were just simply unable to use the feature that we put in front of them. Okay. And so let's say that we spoke to seven people and what we found is when we gave them the task to do it, they ended up not being able to do it to the point where it detrimented their results, like they weren't able to get the results that they needed. And let's say that it came out six out of seven times, right? So then we have a severity and you can do low, medium, high. You could do low, medium, high critical for severities. And then you can do the frequency. So I would put that at a high or critical severity if somebody can't use a feature to get the results that they need. And then I would put the frequency at which that came up, right? So within this, you would need to sit down and, you know, uh, make make that, make what you're doing, the, the methodology and what came out of it very, very clear and make that taxonomy and run that by your team and make sure everybody understands what all of these different things are. So what's the difference between a usability issue and a need, Right. So then uh, uh, something else that I would I would also say, because you had mentioned as well about how to, you know, ensure that results are implemented in the best way possible, this is a very hard thing to, to kind of make sure is happening, right? So this almost becomes – so there are two ways that you can do this. Let's let's take that filter example and and split it up into two different ways. So the two different ways that you could then make that as something that gets fixed, right? Because we need to fix that. So the first way is if it's an obvious fix, you know, you can take a screenshot and you can say, okay, you know, let's change this into a, a more specific range or not a slider, you know, like check boxes instead. I recommend that we do check boxes, run it by the designer and say, okay, what do you think? And then it becomes an idea, right? So that's a little bit more hands-off, but you you kind of leave with a recommendation, right? Of like, okay, this slider isn't working. You could take a screenshot of it. These are all the problems that came up with the slider. This is the severity of the problems with this slider. And this is the frequency at which they came up. Let's do check boxes instead. Okay. Uh, or you could say checked with so-and-so designer, you know, and we're going to do check boxes. Okay. So that's one way to do it if it's a more simple fix. Now, when we get to insights, which are more abstract, you know, 
one thing that I always recommend doing is creating uh, some sort of workshop, so an ideation workshop. So you need to conduct and run an ideation workshop. And what this does is I know we're going outside of the scope of JIRA at this moment because you're not going to hold the workshop in JIRA, but what you would do is an action item that would have to come from the research that you've done is an ideation workshop based on the based on the insights, right? So in ensuring that your work gets implemented and worked on, JIRA is not necessarily going to fix that. You need to go that extra step and pulling that work out and saying, okay, cool, this work needs to come out into more of an ideation workshop so that we can take this pain point, let's say a more abstract pain point, and we can we can relate this back to the package, the holiday packages. Let's say that we had a huge pain point when it came to, you know, people putting together a holiday package that they felt comfortable with, right? So we had some sort of mix and match thing and in mind and people were very confused about how to how to build that themselves. They were finding that they couldn't. That's a pretty big pain point. It's a bit abstract, right? So what we could do is we could go to an ideation workshop to to create ideas and then what would that what what that would then serve is those ideas that come out of it, let's say that there are prototypes or concepts that we have to evaluate, that would go back into the to the board under the evaluative design phase, or sorry, evaluative research part, right? So then we would feed those ideas back into that evaluative research part, and then we would research them. So it goes back into that project, right, of like understanding this, but the dependence, the next dependency or subtask is that you're doing evaluative research on it in this timeline. And then once that's done, it will go to design and it will come up next and in progress to ship, right? So just uh, JIRA won't necessarily help with everything, right? especially when it comes to more abstract research. I think when it comes to more like, I don't want to say basic, but more obvious things like evaluative or type research or usability type research that has more obvious fixes, it it flows a little bit better and more naturally. You are going to have to sit down with your team to understand the cadence of which all of this stuff happens and how it happens, especially when it comes to this more abstract research. So usually when it comes to generative or discovery-based research, I bake in an ideation session, right? So within the, the planning phase of the research, I say, okay, this is you know, our kickoff. This is when we're going to recruit. This is when we're going to conduct. And I'm going to analyze and synthesize it. And the reports go out. Uh, so at this time and this time and this time, like uh, in the middle, uh, towards the end, and an, uh, an end report. And then uh, an ideation workshop automatically in. Don't care what comes out of it. Like in terms of like, I, I know we will have something that we will have to take out of that research that's too abstract. And we will have to put that into an ideation workshop, right? So I highly recommend baking in an ideation workshop and you will have to figure out with your team how that works in your particular board, right? So is it just like built in as like part of a dependency when it comes to this more discovery and generative-based research or, you know, is it slightly outside of the scope of JIRA? That's something that you would have to figure out. But what I'm saying is if you do put it in as like a dependency, what can then happen is it can be linked back up to that to that big task of like, great, we did our ideation workshop and now we're coming back with these evaluative research ideas. You know, we're going to have to evaluate these prototypes and then it goes into design and then it goes into um, shipping that out, dev and shipping. Okay. So what I would recommend doing is sit down with your team 
understand where they are, understand how to make research be a part of that process. And and that might mean that you might have to add some steps, right? They have to sit down and experiment with you. You know, this is an iterative thing. This is just the same, like you're doing research on your research process here, right? You're seeing what is working and what's not working when it comes to working with your stakeholders. But just explain to them, this is what I want to accomplish. This is the outcome that I'm hoping for all of us, right? So you have to get them in. Okay, (laughs) get them to buy into this, right? And sit down, see how it's working right now, and then start to try to put research into this process and into these tickets as dependencies, as subtasks, right? And see how that works and keep keep going back to it, keep iterating on it, keep asking your stakeholders for feedback, and eventually you will get to something that makes sense for you you and your team. And also in addition to that, make sure with the taxonomy, you're just not creating it and sending it out. Try and like include your stakeholders within that taxonomy of like, okay, do these methodologies make sense? Okay, do these, you know, do a bug, heuristic violation, usability issue, insight, pain point, need, goal, you know, did those all make sense to you? And like, how do we make sure that everybody understands what's going on and really defining those so that when people do look at a ticket, they understand what's going on. They just don't see like, okay, this, this general thing, research is happening. Right? No, <laughs> we need to be more more concrete with what exactly we are doing because that helps with timelines. It helps with transparency. It helps with people understanding the value add that you have too. Okay, so I know that this was a lot. I know it was a little bit abstract. It's very hard because this is such a general kind of concept, and so many teams are set up in so many different ways. So I'm more than happy to answer any kind of follow-up questions on this as much as I possibly can. Um, But I just recommend kind of thinking about option three, thinking about, okay, how do I really integrate user research into this process? Like fully, 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 like try not to make your own tasks on top of other tasks. Try to integrate user research into those into those already defined engineering tasks as much as you possibly can. And if that means, again, expanding the process so that makes sense, then I think that that's a good thing to do anyways for everybody on your team. But really, like, what's important is go in with that mindset. Try and explain why you want this to be done. And again, it allows for super great transparency, people understanding what's happening, people understanding the dependencies, people being on the same, you know, flow and being – kind of synced up with the timing so that it's not like, uh, I see that this is up next. We didn't have time to do research. Or, you know, somebody's like, oh, this is up next. And you're like, oh, we we have to do research. And then everybody's timeline has to shift, right? So this is just trying to help the entire team collaborate better, okay? And so I would highly recommend looking at it in that way and talking to your team and seeing what you can do. Um, So yeah, oof, that's a hard one. I must say, it is a hard one. Uh, using a different system to do and to integrate research, it's fantastic to do that, to integrate research into current tools, but it just, it's so dependent on your organization and your teams and how they use the tools. And some teams can use the tool, the same tool differently. So you also have to see how that works with you, right? Um, but I really highly recommend trying to integrate user research as much as possible into the current process, even if that means expanding it a little bit so that you have several more stages in the product development process in which user research is can be a part of that right? So yeah, I do hope that that makes sense and is helpful. 
please let me know if you have any follow-up questions, but I do recommend sitting down with your team and just starting these conversations to try and get user research integrated as much as you can and then going from there and iterating on it as much as you as much as you can until it makes sense for everybody. It's not going to be a one-shot wonder. It's not going to be one and done. It's an iterative process that has taken me a really long time in the past. So just be prepared for this to, you know, be a little bit bumpy, take a little bit of time to understand. People might be frustrated, but in the end you're doing a really great job of of making your work more transparent, making it clearly linked to initiatives and projects, right? And making sure that you're not annoying anybody with timelines, to be honest, and not doing unnecessary work that ends up not getting used, right? So highly recommend going in that direction. Let me know if you have any follow-up questions and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks.